I'm always working with a mentor or a coach at some level. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Karen Williams. Karen is a previous guest, so it was great to reconnect and get an update on how Karen's business has changed since we last spoke with her. Karen is one of the leading book mentors in the UK. She works with business experts who want to stand out from the crowd and write a non-fiction book that helps them to grow their business, raise their credibility and get more clients. The best-selling author of six books herself, she knows the difference a book can make to your business when done well. Back to the studio. So today I'm interviewing Karen Williams of Libratas. Welcome Karen, thanks for joining me for a second time. You're one of our returners, aren't you? I am indeed Jo, it's lovely to see you again. So we've just been looking back, I think I said it was something like number 46, which I think was probably 2016, so probably um, a fair bit has changed since then, including the format of the interview. I was a bit more structured and I forced you to answer all my questions last time. It's not quite the same now. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being grilled or just ask me anything you like. <laughs> Lovely. So start by telling us who you are, what you do and where you do it. Okay, so um, I am the book mentor. Um, as you said, Joe. my company's Libertas and I never started out as the book mentor. I started out my journey um, as a coach back in 2006 and I trained as a coach. I set up my own business and in 2009, I wrote my first book um, and we met probably, it must have been around about 2010, 2011. It was quite those early days, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on to write a second one, even though I said never again. <laughs> um, and I've written six now. So um, that, that's one thing that has changed in the last few years, Joe. So I've written six books. And since 2014, I've been supporting business owners who want to write a credibility and authority building book. So taking them through the, the whole process from I'd love to write a book, I'm not sure what to do. I don't know where to start through to having um, a copy of their book in their hands. So I work with a great team who do the editing, the publishing. Um, But for me, it's about helping them to get their ideas out of their head in the best possible way, but also ensuring that they they build their business from their book. It's not just about having a shiny book in their hand, but it's about writing a book that builds their credibility, that puts them on stage, that that gets them showing up in a bigger way. Um, Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty much what I do um, on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm on the lovely south coast of the UK in Portsmouth. Ah, I'm sure you must have told me that last time, but I, I had no concept of where you were when we were talking. So um, is it raining there like it is here now? Oh, it's absolutely pouring down today. <laughs> it's horrible. Good old channel. Oh, I don't know. There we go. So, OK, interesting. So you said you, you wrote your first book and said you'd never write one again. And now yeah. you're right in the thick of helping other people to do it. So tell us a bit about that transition, because so many people have probably thought about writing a book and then immediately dismissed it. Um, Mm -hmm. 
some people have thought about writing a book, written one as you've um, uh, as you did, and said they weren't going to do it again. I don't suppose many people have then gone on to write more and gone on to start teaching it. <laughs> so, no, no, no. that happened. <laughs> yeah, how did it happen? Um, gosh, I love writing. You know, I will be honest with you. I do absolutely love writing. I'd actually written a manuscript before I'd actually written that first book in 2009, but I dismissed it. It, it wasn't good enough. I didn't want to share it. I, I haven't got a clue where it is now, actually. It's probably on an old laptop somewhere. Um, but I do love writing and I do love reading. But it was 2014 that... Um, a lot of I was working, the first book really put me and my business on the map. And I started working with coaches who were in the early stages of running a business. And I found through working with them, it was around about 2014, a lot of them wanted, you know, they were seeing some of my success with my books and they wanted help to do it. And initially I said, no, you know, I don't know enough. And, you know, and all of those sorts of things went through my mind. But then I actually realized what I love to do is help people to see the diamonds, the gems in what they have to say. When you get so close to it yourself, you don't necessarily see the value of what you can offer. Um, and what I love doing is helping people to get the ideas out of their head, the structure, the planning, seeing it develop, get, give them feedback on their writing. For me, that is, that is kind of my superpower, really, the thing I love to do. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the transition. Um, and then over the last six years, I've seen my clients, you know, those who have really put, you know, 100% into their book, they've achieved some amazing successes, you know, finalists in the book awards, the business book awards, um, you know, speaking engagements, um, sponsorship. Um, one recently, she um, was, um, I think she was voted one of the top e e email marketing books, you know, her book was that she published a year or so ago. And absolutely, it's amazing seeing their successes. And that's why I do what I do. It's just helping people to get their ideas out of their head in the best possible way. But yeah. so they write a book that really does build their credibility. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I can see as well to begin with how helping other people to write their book actually gives you all of the joy of the stuff that you love without the sort of stress of having to, to produce a book yourself at the end of it as well. So yeah but I did model myself you know my my third book was your book is a hook and I modeled my process and that's really yeah. how that book came about yeah. and obviously it's evolved it's developed becoming an authority was my sixth one which I did last year and that is really the involvement of what I've learned since 2014 when I wrote your book is a hook because things have changed and things have evolved hugely yeah. and because I've made a lot of the mistakes myself Joe, um I know what mistakes for clients not to make as well so I can say you know so for example um I during lockdown I created my um my signature system the um the smart author system which went online um around about April time and one of the ladies on that program the other day was saying that I'm really stuck with my title and for me I can actually say to her look you know don't worry about your title yet you know it's okay and actually if you keep worrying about your title in, in a, it was sent sent with loving kindness if you worry about your title you're never going to write your book yeah. so it was very much sent in that very gentle way but also you know for me I've, I've done I probably made everything every single mistake when I was writing my my first couple of books so I know what the pitfalls are and also you know how you can get some quick wins as well yes yeah yeah no, I love that process when I I think um in some ways, I sometimes get frustrated with myself doing, having to do things thoroughly before I teach it to other people sort of slows me down. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, that, that value you have of having, you know, like you said, you wrote your book about the process. Um, you couldn't have done that if you hadn't been through the process yourself. And as you say, you need to have sort of had all those potential issues and pitfalls and so on for it to be you know so valuable nobody wants to learn from someone who's done it brilliantly all along do they I suppose 
<laughs> no, and I also find with my clients that because when they write their book, they immerse themselves in their own process, is they get to know themselves on a deeper level. So they don't have to have everything perfect as they write it. Because, yes. for example, if they already have a signature system, you know, they probably will find as they sort of, you know, this is chapter one, this is chapter two, etc. But they do more research, they get to understand themselves on a deeper level, they do, they go to clients and go, okay, so I'd love to use you as a case study and they get to know how they do themselves on a much deeper level. So yeah. actually that helps them to develop and grow as they write it. Mm, mm. So all sorts of reasons why it's, it's really key for people. Why do you think people don't write books, even though they think it's a good idea or it, it, it seems like something that they ought to be doing? Why do they not do it? Um, pretty much time. Um, the perception that it's going to take a lot of time. I think it feels overwhelming if you think, oh, I need to write a 50, 55,000 word book. That feels like quite a big task. So whenever I work with clients, we break it down into chunks, we break it into chapters. So it's easier to say, okay, so within the next month, you're going to produce maybe a chapter and a half or two chapters. feels a little bit easier than saying, I'm going to write a book in six months. Yeah. So I think time, but actually, in my view, when you've got a really good plan, which is, a, you know, there are Basically, there's 10 steps or 10 principles that I teach and writing the book doesn't come till principle number five. It's all the planning that takes place right at the very beginning, which makes it easier to write. But people don't realise that, you know, they might start to write their book. They might, you know, come across a block and then they go, oh, I can't do it. But actually, you know, when you've got a really good plan, the time doesn't necessarily matter because if you have half a day a week, you could still write it in six months. So, Mm. so uh, time is probably the biggest barrier and then just not not knowing where to start is the other one it just feels yeah it just feels a bit overwhelming and it's easier to procrastinate and, and never do it yes yeah so how do you encourage them to organize their time to, to do that I mean you just talked about you know just doing a small bit every day or whatever uh, is it about personality do you have different routes for different people well there is no one size fits all to be honest because everyone's different so if I said to you Joe, you know get up at five o'clock every morning and write for an hour a day what would you say? <laughs> you know me, I don't do five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I. And, and, you know, there's some people teach, oh, you should write every day. Um, some people say, you know, go away and write in. But there is no one size fits all. With all of my clients, I, I find out what works for them. So yeah. for me, I wrote my last book by taking myself away for a few days. And I wrote about 22,000 words in three days because I prepared myself. I had all my food. I was away from anybody else, any distractions. So I, I you know, got a lot of words done. And that won't work for everybody because some might go away and then they go, oh, I don't know what to write. And then they, they waste the time. Mm. So for me, it's about helping people to decide when they write at their best. How do they write at the best? What do they need to have with them? Um, so there is never one size fits all. So it's, no. it's about knowing the different types of people. I've had cl some clients who love getting up at five in the morning and writing. That's not me. And it's obviously not you either. So <laughs> it's really sort of playing to people's strengths um, in, in terms of, how, how they do them I think once you've got a plan it makes it easier um mm. but every client I work with is different I'm liking the idea of going away somewhere on my own for a few days with some food but maybe that's just to do that and not write a book <laughs> well I do run well apart from this year luckily it, with obviously with COVID-19 and everything and um, we we I've been running a writing retreat in Spain since 2014 and we made the decision last year to take a break this year which is probably a good thing but hoping hoping we might go back to Spain again in um, 2021 yeah. fingers crossed yeah it's great place, great place to write blog you know yeah chill, have a glass of wine yes exactly <laughs> lovely so tell us a bit about what your days look like and, and they've changed haven't they because you've now gone on to uh, working online since the 
um, pandemic. So things have changed for you, particularly um, recently and also since we last spoke. So what, what do those days look like? How do you work with your clients? Well, actually, things haven't changed a huge amount in as much as I've been using Zoom technology for years. So a lot of my stuff is done virtually. But what I have found, obviously, with, with, with lockdown is, you know, if I was spending a planning day with a client, we'd have to do it virtually. Um, but I did do my first planning day physically face to face last week, which was amazing. I, I went back to networking last week, outside networking, walking. Um, luckily, we managed to avoid the rain. Um, but actually most of the stuff I do from my office, home office, where I use Zoom, I use Skype, I use technology um, to work with my clients. Um, so things haven't changed a huge amount. Um, I am naturally an introvert. I'm naturally happy being by myself, although I've got a virtual team I work with. Um, not much has changed, really. Um, I'm just get out a little bit less than I did before. Mm-hmm. So you talked before we came on about um and i think you mentioned at the beginning about your uh, signature program and it being online and so on was that part of that transition into the um pandemic or was it something you'd been planning already i'm just interested in sort of how that came about and how quickly you had to do it because a lot of people were sort of scrabbling around weren't they trying to pull things together at the beginning of uh, this period it's funny you ask because it was it was on the plan I wasn't planning on doing it quite so quickly so um I've been working with a colleague of mine Mark since um well we we met we've known each other for about 10 years we've worked together in the past and we met up must have been about October November time last year and we started talking about and putting my signature program online um when I got back I went for a ski trip early March as soon as I came back we were working you know 12 16 hour days to do it and mm. we got it from idea to launch in in about six weeks so it was on my plan for this sort of kind of spring summertime but we just ramped it up um, and did it quite quickly so the thing about it is that there's a there's a there's a free uh, masterclass that people can sign up to on my website which tells people a bit about it so we put that together he's a marketing copy expert and he's also really great at technology so actually helping me to put put everything together was really helpful and then with the program, we launched it and I just needed to be a week ahead of my clients. I had everything planned. You know, I've been teaching this stuff for six years, so I knew exactly what I was covering. But in, in terms of actually launching it and delivering it, I do. I very much believe in building the plane as you fly it. You know, you can create a bright, shiny program and then try and promote it and then try and sort of, you know, publicize it. But nobody might want it. But the thing about creating it and launching it before you've actually finished creating it, it's quite scary, but it's quite exciting as well in terms of you can, you can adapt it to the feedback you get. And it's something that's always going to be evolving and growing as well. Yes. Yeah. Have you found that people have been more receptive to, to it because it's online at the current time? Or do you think people were getting more towards that anyway? I mean, it, it does feel like... Um, we keep talking about the future of work and you know how technology was going to be the the big thing in the future and then all of a sudden it was here <laughs> but i do know in the sort of online coaching oh, sorry in the coaching world online you know since we've been in contact you know online has always been a thing anyway so i'm not sure yeah. for some of the people like us it was such a big difference but do you think there's a, a a sort of appetite that's gone up because people have got more time and i i didn't have any more time didn't sound like you did <laughs> No, I didn't. I've, I've been working my socks off. <laughs> um, I think for me, I wanted to give people the option. I know that I can only work because I work quite intensively with my one-to-one clients. I can't work with a huge number of people at any one time. Yeah. And I also knew that the pandemic or my belief was, and it has been um, 
and, it, and it's very been very true actually is that as people have gone through the pandemic and come coming through the other side they know that to stand out that they need to write a book that it's going to help them to build their business it's going to help them to stand out so yeah. there's definitely more people who are, are are doing it now than they ever were before and yeah. i wanted to give people options you know but i also wanted to create a program that wasn't just about online delivery so for example i've been running make it happen days um which are online days via Zoom to help people to write their books. Probably myself and a colleague, we started it a couple of years ago. Um, so it made sense to have that as part of the programme. It made sense to you know, have a one-to-one with me as part of the programme. Um, Facebook community. So it's really about how I could add more value to people that was going to be more affordable, um, especially at the moment, because there's a lot of uncertainty going forward. So that was one of the reasons for doing it. Um, yeah, and, and just being able to reach more people and get the message out there. Yeah the fact it doesn't have to be difficult to write a book no no and I, I, like, I like the fact that it's not so much that people have had more time but more that they've understood the importance of standing out and and sort of using those opportunities that perhaps weren't needed before I guess yeah definitely yeah mm. yeah so how do you work and how do you encourage I mean you said when people are writing their books it's, it's all sort of individual based what sort of tools and apps are you using and suggesting other people use um, well, I've been using um, a CRM, Customer Relationship Management System, called Less Annoying, which is a bit annoying sometimes, but Less Annoying CRM, I've been using that for years. That helps me to manage my day. It links to my calendar. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And it links to, and I can also sort of keep, in, keep in, in touch with prospective clients. And, and yeah, it does all sorts of things. It helps me to manage my business. The only thing that's slightly annoying is it doesn't link to some of the other systems that I use. But, you know, as a management tool, it's brilliant. Um, I'm you've got a tool that's called less annoying that you're calling it slightly annoying <laughs> slightly annoying <laughs> but generally it's okay it's quite good um i love um the calendar apps where people can book directly into my diary um so mm. i use you can book me um there's all sorts out there i i think they're brilliant because instead of going backwards and forwards and you know trying to put dates and diary and times you can just send people a link and it automatically links to google calendar i mm. love that um, but the thing that I really love at the moment is uh, Mark, my colleague, he introduced me to Kartra. So I've been using Kartra for my online program, which means, so, so before Kartra, I had Thinkific for some of my legacy online programs. I had, um, what else did I have? I had Infusionsoft or Keep for my email marketing. Yeah. I had, um, you know, squeeze page software. I had all sorts of things. And now I've got one system that yeah. does everything. Um, and discovering Kartra was like a real game changer for me earlier this year. So um, yeah. that is something that's not annoying. Well, I don't know, has its moments. <laughs> but, it, but it is Kartra with a K and people might not think that. <laughs> Kartra with a K, yeah. I really love it because it does so much more than, yeah, it, it really helps me to keep an eye on what's going on. And um, for me, as a, I, I love technology. So I think that helps. I think, you know, I do come across people when it comes to sort of the online world, they don't like technology and, or it feels a bit scary. I've always embraced technology. So to learn from someone and to learn a new system doesn't faze me too much, but I know it can faze some people. Yes. Do you think that sort of came along at a, a sort of good time in your development? I'm, I'm sort of asking because you and I have been around for quite a while in in this world and in this world in this space and and a bit like you were saying you know I had this software and it linked to that and I had to do that and everything else I've just sort of realized in the last sort of sort of six months or a year that I'm really going back to basics in terms of the stuff that I knew right at the beginning and Mm -hmm. 
sort of almost tidying up everything, getting everything reconnected in the right way without all the sort of loose ends and the legacy stuff. Um, and I mean, I'm not doing it with, with a, an integrated tool like you are, but it sounds like that might have been a bit of a relief to sort of go, right, now I've done all this, I've learned it all for many years, and now I'm going to start again with all of that knowledge behind me and sort it all out. <laughs> Yeah, no, that has been a relief, definitely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, we've both been in the nicest possible way, been around a while. You know, I did teleclasses when teleclasses were a thing before yeah. webinars really became a thing. And mm -hmm. and I think I think being able to embrace technology, technology, and also being willing to and and knowing knowing what different things can do to help or to hinder a business is is quite useful to know as well because you can go well i don't want that because but actually i do want this because so you yeah. can learn from what you know the tools other people are using and, and work out what works for you yes um yeah. and also i was i was born i was born in the 70s early 70s so um technology when i was at school, you know i learned on a type you know i learned to type on a proper typewriter oh. and i think these days with you know the the you know the youngsters is that obviously they have technology from being a teenager, which I didn't really have that much, you know, probably early 20s before I sort of really went from an Amstrad, remember those, um, yeah. through to um, having, a, you know, one of those really big boxy computers in the lounge. Um, so it's just, it's interesting how things have evolved and mm -hmm. how technology and, and how, gosh, how we rely on technology now that we've necessarily, you know, could you imagine what it'd be like if, if we were running a business 20 years ago and how different it, it would have been? Yeah 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 so true but it's also interesting i've said for many years that i think people like apple have done a big disservice to many people by making things supposedly so intuitive that you don't really get instructions on how to do stuff and mm -hmm. you know, iphones are a great example that you know you can pick them up and use them quite easily without knowing anything really my mother-in-law at 76 being a great example she uses her phone extensively but doesn't really understand what's going on um mm -hmm. but um but there's loads of stuff that you could know that are sort of, I mean, there's loads I don't know with my iPhone, for example, because I don't know it exists, so I don't know how to do it. And then somebody tells you that there's a new whizzy way of doing something. And then you think, oh, you know, why didn't I know that before? Um, and it's interesting. I've been doing some work most recently with students who are, are new to sort of internet marketing. But actually what I've discovered increasingly is that their basic technical skills are really poor. And that, you know, to be fair, they're sort of a little bit older than us. So they or even sort of further back in the terms of the development of the tech stuff. But even things like sort of copying and pasting or undoing things or typing into the browser rather than in the Google window and things like that, mm -hmm. just they don't know about it because, of course, no one's taught that because there wasn't ever really a lesson learning how to browse the internet. <laughs> No, that's very true, isn't it? We, it's just some, for me, it's just something I've learned as I've gone, as I've yeah. kind of experimented and as I've, you know, learned how to do things. And then yeah. you see someone doing it a different way and go, oh, I didn't know that. Or, yeah. you know, you learn from other people. Yeah, or, you know, I would say one of my superpowers is Googling. You know, if I don't know how to do something, I'll, I'll Google it and find out. Yeah. And I always think there must be a better way to do this or an easier way or, or whatever. And um, the amount of people who must muddle through just doing mm -hmm. what they can just about do and it must take you know twice as long or five times as long and be even more frustrating uh but somewhere on the line we didn't remember to tell everybody that all you think all these things are possible it's it's really quite interesting yeah well I'm, I'm all for outsourcing as well i've been working with my va for the last sort of 10 10 11 12 years now so um i also know that there's other people who can do things better than i can so i do a lot of the tech stuff myself but you know have being able to outsource so one of my clients recently she's 
she's in the early stages of writing her book and she wanted to set up her mailing list so I recommended her to somebody that I knew who could do that mm. um, and sometimes you know you, you it's so much quicker to outsource something to someone who could set it up for you then teach you how to use it so yeah. that's that's another thing to think about if technology is not not your thing if someone can, if you can pay someone to do it who can do it in half the time a quarter of the time and you can get on and do what you enjoy why not um yeah in my view yeah completely i think that's a big part of it as well i think often people sort of outsource if they don't know how to do something because that was is the obvious thing they don't always outsource because they don't want to do something uh mm. it feels i don't know wasteful or a bit lush <laughs> or whatever <laughs> but it's certainly been something in in my recent times where you know it's been a bit of a revelation that actually if i don't want to do that and i can get someone else to do it that would yeah. be <laughs> to the, oh that's perfect <laughs> to the to the extent that for one of my clients i put courses together and i get my daughter to do all the donkey work <laughs> she, she writes all the scripts for the videos and pulls all the action sheets together for me and creates the slides all i do is record the videos and and uh, edit it all and put it put it online and uh, that's made my life so much easier <laughs> That sounds perfect, absolutely perfect, Joe. The client does know that I'm outsourcing it to her. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about playing to your strengths as well, yeah. isn't it? It's playing yeah. to you, what, what do you enjoy doing? If, if we've only got a certain amount of time um, that we can do what we do and also have a life as well um you know it makes sense to play to our strengths in terms of what we enjoy doing and yeah. and what we don't enjoy doing is who and someone else might love to do that yeah absolutely so that begs the question and i don't know what your answer is going to be for this what about the idea of outsourcing your book um gosh yes you can <laughs> i think um i i don't do ghostwriting myself i'm more likely to help people to develop their own um writing I think um, I think ghostwriting is great. It's it's there's something that happens when someone writes it themselves. So and, and you know if they are struck, you know, and I work with clients who have English as a second language, who are you know severely dyslexic, and mm. actually you know that's okay because if you work with a really good editor, they'll help you to pull it together anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think ghostwriting is great if you if you want to go down that route. But it's yeah, everyone's different in terms right. of writing, and some people find it easier, and some people don't no and what about the concept of speaking your book do any of your people do that i had absolutely that's, yeah. that's how she wrote her yeah. book yeah yeah um i was working with a client last week the one that i met face to face and he's going to be dictating most of his book um mm. well that's the plan i've had clients who've handwritten their book and then typed it up mm. um something just literally just before this podcast interview i had an idea and i was um, speaking it into notes on my iphone um, so dictating's great. That's, I love notes on the iPhone as well. Actually, um, it's not brilliant. It's not as good as um, something like Dragon. But it, you know, if you if you're trying to capture something that comes into your mind because you're inspired, it's really great just to be able to dictate it and just just capture that information. Because I knew I didn't have time to type it up. Mm. You know, I was inspired by something, so I you know just recorded it. So yeah, things like that are, are useful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked a bit about sort of how you work in terms of with your clients and so on. What about the the making sure you get done what you need to get done? You talked a bit about going away to write as an example for you. What about sort of a, the day? How do you 
organize that do you how do you do you have a to-do list do you use pen and paper as do most of my guests <laughs> what's how does that work I, I use my crm so my crm keeps a like a to-do list on there so um, mm-hmm. and i can see it at a glance i can see a week i can literally i need to do that next week or i might have a monthly task and i can just schedule it into it so every day i look at my to-do list and go okay that's what i need to do today mm-hmm. i look at my calendar see what appointments i've got in my diary and there might be some days where i go not a hope i'm not going to get it all done so i can move things around so no, I'm not, I'm not one to use pen and paper, although I do always, and I can see them out the corner of my eye, I always have a packet of post-it notes on my desk. But if, if I need to write something down that, you know, if I'm not in the CRM and I need to remember something, I could just scribble it down and then come back to it later. Yeah. Um, but that's typically how I manage my day. So but I also um, do different things on different days. So Monday tends to be my admin day. So Mondays I will... Um, I might write my blog for the following week, schedule my newsletter for the following I like to be a week ahead of these things um, normally. Um, I might plan, I might do some client stuff in terms of um, you know, sending out maybe accountability emails, looking at things that people have sent me and just really planning for my week tends to be a Monday. Um, and then I tend to do client related um, meetings, Zoom calls, uh, face-to-face meetings. I tend to do them sort of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday typically. Yeah. I can be quite flexible with this, but it's just that's how I like to plan my week. Um, before um, lockdown, I was, uh, you know, at the gym probably two or three mornings a week. Now I make sure I get up and go for a walk first thing most days, apart from today because it was pouring down. And I did two <laughs> walks yesterday, so I didn't feel quite so bad. Um, <laughs> but certainly get, getting up and getting some fresh air in the morning is what I prefer to do um, most days when I can anyway. Mm-hmm. And other sort of energy building things for what you do? Walking is one of them, obviously. How else do you make sure that you've got energy to run your business? Walking is definitely one. Um, I'm not so good at moving away from the computer. I do try. I really do try. My osteopath keeps saying you should move away from the computer every half an hour. But I lose track of time and I forget to move and things like that. But just, you know, walking around, you know, going outside, getting some fresh air um you know making sure I go and put the kettle on occasionally and have a break have a lunch break as well is quite important for me um yeah yeah. so yeah that's how I manage my time and and I'm a great one I I love to travel as well I'm a few weeks ago I was in France I had the opportunity to go to France for a few weeks and that was kind of my ideal day in as much as I would get up I'd go for a walk around the village I would you know do some client work you know around about four o'clock I'd look outside if the sunshine was out, I'd go for a swim. And, you know, for me, that would be like perfect. <laughs> Five o'clock, you know, maybe six o'clock, I might have a beer in my hand, you know, and it was just really relaxed kind of time. Yeah. But because I work with my clients and I love it, it doesn't really feel like work because it's just what I, what I enjoy doing every day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Excellent. So what about learning and improving yourself? So um, it sounds like you've sort of, you've done that a bit, for yourself through the process of writing your original book and then you know building your business and, and writing sort of further books what other ways have you mm-hmm. involved you, you talked about flying the plane before you um building, building the plane as you fly it. Plane, sorry yeah um which made me think about lisa sasevich and I, I know i think we met through bernadette doyle's group didn't we originally was that where we um either bernadette or lucy whittington i'm not sure it, which oh, could have been lucy yeah could have been lucy and i went to lisa sasevich's event with lucy <laughs> so right. i think there's some connection to all of that so uh, what sort of things are you doing to keep yourself learning and moving forward um 
I'm always working with a mentor or a coach at some level. So whether it's part of a membership group, a mastermind or um, one-to-one with a coach. And that's something that's been important to me since I started out. Yeah. So learning from somebody and also kind of modeling people. So my first book came out, came about because I modeled the mindset behind a successful coaching business when I did my NLP master practitioner. So I love looking at what other people do, taking the best bits of what they do and also how I could authentically bring them into what I do. So Mm -hmm. certainly I'm always looking at learning um, because I walk most days. Um, You'll normally find me with my headphones in listening to a podcast. I might be listening to music or I might be thinking about something or I might just be in nature, but probably once or twice a week. You know, I love listening to podcasts. I love reading as well. Um, don't get so much time for reading these days because that really is more of a discipline. Whereas putting headphones in and going out for a walk and just going, what do I fancy listening to today? Is, is obviously something that's, that's easier than sitting down for an hour, you know, with a book or something like that. Yes. And it's hard to walk and read, isn't it? I see my... It is. <laughs> school, he's always got his head in a book and I'm always worried he's going to step across the road or something at the wrong moment. Yeah. And I'm not really an audio, although I recorded my last book on audio. Um, I'm not really an audio person. I much prefer to have a physical book where I can sort of, you know, put my post-it notes in it and, you know, I can read it again and again and again. I'm quite a visual person. So I love listening to things, but I'm a visual person in terms of I like to look at show notes. I like to look at um, links. So I prefer to, you know, if I listen to something, I can go back to it later and go, oh, what were they talking about? Whereas listening to an audio book, I would find it quite hard because what I like about podcasts is they're short. So half an hour. So I, I know that, OK, I'm going to go for a walk. It's 15 minutes long. I might get two podcasts in in that time mm. or I do a podcast and I listen to music. Whereas I think an audiobook it's, it's it's hard to know when to sort of put the pause on. Yeah, um, in that respect. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't like listening to audiobooks, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. And it's probably mm. what you've just said. I think it's that firstly it's that I, I always like I read books by chapter so I have to read to the end of the chapter in that session yeah. so that doesn't yeah. work as you say when you're walking because you, do, you don't know when the end of the chapter is going to come do you but on a podcast you can tell <laughs> sort of thing I suppose you can tell if you're looking at your audible or whatever anyway but so yeah much the same but I think it is as again what you say the looking things up and looking at show notes and and actually taking action as a result of it that is missing when you listen to a book I think yeah interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So last couple of questions. What about um, uh, those days where things don't go well for you? You have a terrible day. <laughs> what, what do you do to get through that? Um, well, I think that's part of life, isn't it? And I think one of the things I've learned about being in business, that when you stick your head above the parapet, you're going to have people who don't like what you have to say. You know, um, they might send you an email not liking something or they might question you. And actually, that's just, and I think I've learned, I don't have a particularly thick skin, but I've learned to have a thicker skin over the years. Um, so I might talk it through with my husband, who's a fellow director of my company. Um, I might go for a walk, I might have a glass of wine, you know, who knows. But for me, it's just, I have to process things. And then I, I don't tend to dwell on things like I used to. I think I've got used to it over the years. And yeah. um, if things go wrong, they go wrong. We always have those moments where you knock a glass of water over or, you know, you do something that, you've, that you're annoyed about. But I think, you know, if you dwell on it, life's too short to dwell on anything. For yeah. me, it's about processing it, just going, well, it's a learning experience and then moving on to something else. Yeah, yeah. So my last question is about your examples of living more. But before we start, I always ask my guests for 
questions that they'd like me to ask. And one of the questions you uh, asked me to ask is about how coaches and consultants writing their own book can help them to live more. So before I ask you about what living more looks like for you, how, how will writing a book help people to live more? I think it can help people to live more. There's, there's a few things that I teach on, on my programme. So the first principle is starting with the end in mind. So for me, this is about having a really clear view of, and an idea of your vision, what you want to create in your life, in your business. It's about writing something that's aligned to your business. And it's also about leverage. So how you can leverage what you do and actually um, and helping them to live more. I think when people decide make that decision to write a book, they start to think more than just about writing the book. They think they start to think about their future, what they wanted to look like, how the book fits into it. You know, does the book fit into, you know, more speaking engagements, a program they launch off the back of it? Do they need to shift their business in terms of, you know, do they need to do something slightly differently? So I think for me, there's a couple of things that happen here is they, they, they start to get, I think I've already mentioned this already, they start to get to know themselves on a deeper level in as much as when they start to get their ideas out of their head, they, they get to see themselves as the expert because they realise how much they know or even how much their story and what they've been through has helped them and has, has taught them to be who they are today. Mm. Um, but if they're really smart about it, it can lead to opportunities before they published it. You know, there are two things I talk about in my Smart Author System programme. One is to is self-validation, which is about getting feedback as you write your book, which raises your profile and potentially could, you, could bring you in some clients. And then also self-funding, you know, how can you use your, your book to bring in an income as you write it? So that's really what I mean in terms of, you know, helping them to live more yeah. by believing in themselves, by understanding what they know, but also being able to do something. You know, if people are going to take a year, say, to write their book, they don't want a year. They don't want to wait a year before they get the results. So for me, it's about how do you create results from making the decision to write your book now and actually building your profile as you write it and and your expert status as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Does that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And as as you said, the bit you made at the the comment you made at the beginning about the sort of learning about yourself the more you sort of dig into what you do and your motivations for doing it sort of thing how helpful that can be I think that um is so helpful for people because often we do stuff and we don't really examine why do we or, or get really into that detail so doing anything yeah. that just to do that is so helpful isn't it well what we do on a day-to-day basis are the things that we find easy and because we find them easy we just dismiss them mm. but actually the people who need help with them are the people who don't find them so easy so yeah. I, I love planning. I, I know I'm really quite spatially. I love to help people to really see their book come alive with post-it notes so they can, they can see what's in each chapter. Um, and I, I, you know, I love doing that, but it, yeah, it's not for everybody. So, um, mm. so I'm going off at a tangent. Now. I'm not quite sure where I was going there, but um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you bring everything back to the question you had in mind. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was about the living more, wasn't it? About um how, how writing a book can help with that. And I think the more that you um, understand your own motivations and your own needs and all that sort of stuff, the more that you can um, craft your life to, to fit with that. So as I said, any of those things that you do, whether it be writing a book or, you know, a whole, whole host of other things like, you know, creating sort of vision boards or working out values for your life or, or whatever, any of yeah. that stuff, you know, the more you, of that you do, the more likely you are to be able to live more because you actually know what you want to do at the end of it you know so many people absolutely when you ask what they want to do on an ideal day they they don't really know because they've never really had the time to 
to do that sort of thing so mm, definitely so to bring it back to you then so your ideal day your your living more which is where you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff you, that you don't want to do what does that look like you've, you've already said it's probably going to be in france with a glass of wine at the end of it but fill us in a bit <laughs> Um, well, when I set up my business, I always wanted the bus- a business that I could run anywhere in the world, and I can. And I think that's what I love about it, is that I can be, um, my sister-in-law's got a place in France. I had the opportunity to stay in, in their jeet um, for a few weeks, and I could work, I could play, you know, I could just really, you know, balance my life. And that was lovely. But, you know, when we do the writer retreat in Spain, I always stay out there for a couple of weeks, and I do a bit of work, a bit of time on the beach, which is lovely as well. Um, for me with this online program with the smart author system i know i can make a bigger difference on a, on a bigger scale so my goal ultimately is to grow that and to build that so um that's something i'm working on at the moment is to get that message out to more people because i'm seeing more and more people want to write a book and i want to help them and i want to help them to do it in the best possible way yeah um so that's really kind of my my driver at the moment is just to reach more people with it for those who want to write a book is to help them to write their best book in the best possible way so they get the best results Brilliant. And that's a great segue into how can people find out more about you and get in touch, Karen? Um, yeah, you can find out more about me at, um, well, I'm all, um, I, I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> Libratas.com, which is L-I-B-R-O-T-A-S. Um, li- um, libro meaning book in Latin and Libertas meaning freedom. So that's kind of a key part of uh, my life and my branding. Um, so it's Libratas.com. I'm on Twitter, Libertas, Facebook, Libertas, um, LinkedIn, Karen Williams, Libertas, and the same on Instagram as well. Um, so come and find me. There's free masterclass, free get started workbook um, on my website. So please connect with me. Um, and if I can help you with your book, you know, please do let me know. I'd love to love to help you. Lovely. Thanks, Karen. It's been great to have you back for a, a rematch, as it were. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash 177, then you'll find them there. And this week, I want to just briefly mention the idea of online programs, which is what we were talking about at Counterpoint Networking this week. We didn't actually spend that long talking about the programs in the end. We spent a lot of the meeting talking about a whole host of other things, as is the norm, although not normally for so long. Uh, But what we did uh, discuss is how... Uh, it, how important online programs are potentially for us as on as home-based coaches and consultants, particularly in the current climate with the pandemic and many more people working from home and not in a position to go to live events or work face-to-face. And in fact, one of our members has an online program that she developed uh, as much as anything else because of the fact that she can't run the sessions that she was running live anymore and so some of her consideration around that was how to create training online that wasn't sort of as lengthy as it might have been had it been uh, an offline session you know you know the offline session might have been a full day in a training room somewhere but um, you know you can't really do that online that easily so her course started being uh, live webinars that uh, people came to and sort of went through a process in sort of five webinars, I think it was, but she's gradually developed it and added in workbooks and re-recorded it and, and thought very carefully about the length of the training to create the, the online programme. Somebody else is in the process of uh, creating hers and was talking about how she's 
looking to automate some of it at the moment she's got it quite sort of manually administered as people sign up and she was looking to do something more with that we were talking about some of the platforms that you can use for online programs like teachable and thinkific but there are various other options out there as well and i certainly use my own wordpress site and learn dash which is a plugin that you can add to wordpress to turn it into a sort of course structure if you like and then i protect it using um i can't remember what it's called pro uh paid memberships pro um but also with another client i use wishlist member which is a plugin that's been around for a good long while to protect content on WordPress. And so add that together with the LearnDash plugin and that can give you some real flexibility. Uh, other people use things like uh, Kajabi, which is a platform where you can set up a whole program using uh, their platform. Um, it's quite um, costly and obviously, you know, you need to sort of build that in when you're making your decision about what you're going to use fundamentally how you deliver your program really comes down to who your customers are and what you need to deliver to them and what's going to work best for them based on what they're looking for and also obviously what you're delivering and, and what the topic is and how you need to work with them um, and we talked about how you can have a mix of online training downloads and also live sort of sessions either in groups or one-to-one to back that up as well so a whole host of different ways that you can um, use and you know so many people over the last few months have taken what they were doing offline and brought it online and created a program around that so that they can continue trading and continue working with their clients in these strange times so if you haven't got an online program that might be something to think about if you are looking for some help to think about it and then potentially to implement it then that's something that i can help you with within my membership which is power to live more calm and that effectively is an online program as well um, albeit in the, the guise of a membership site so if you're interested in finding out more then just go to powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm and if you're interested in networking, we uh, meet on Monday at two o'clock every week, British summertime. And next Monday, we're going to be talking about uh, business challenges. So if you have any business challenges that you want to bring to the affair, then go to cantwitnetworking.co.uk and you can register there. If you're listening to this podcast later, then obviously we'll be on to a different topic, but we'll still be meeting. So you know, please do um, pop along and join us. It's a very chatty, informal uh, group, really focused on learning, sharing, and really getting to know the people that come to the sessions so that we can potentially help each other, um, get some sort of support and community, but also potentially refer uh, each other to other people as those things crop up as well. So that's counterpointnetworking.co.uk. Again, the show notes are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 177. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.